Hello, hello. It's a Monday. Between the Wheels podcast, episode 246. We're cruising along, people. What do we got in today? Well, another mea culpa from yours truly, Tyler. I am going to say some apologies. Uh, the Olympic road race, the men's and women's stunners in both. Men's Olympic road race, uh, mountain bike race. We talked about that. Quinn Simmons again. And why are the Dutch so bad at communicating? We'll go over all those. It's Monday, July 26th. Is it the 26th? This is the Between Two Wheels podcast. I'm doing fine. I'm at I'm at home. I had to set up here in my do- in my daughter's room. I uh, just did a court. Uh, yeah, so I got to change back into my Pink Floyd shirt. Um, it's been it's been. Uh, look, I'm warm. I have a doctor's appointment set up tomorrow, so I'll get a little bit of a follow up. I'm going without the neck brace more and more. And uh, hopefully that's uh, it's fine. The road rash, road rash is coming around nicely. Finally getting that uh, under control, uh, being able to uh, sleep better. I don't know, wear shirts, a few other things, uh, which has been fairly nice. But I thought I'd give a little breakdown here of Scott Hooper. Uh, he had crashed. We have a GoFundMe. Last I saw it was up over $20,000 around there, right out there. Right, I think it was 19 something. It's probably over 20 at this point. Well done, people. He's um, off the ventilator. I think he got the feeding tube out. Um, he's been talking. Talked to John Novikov um, yesterday, I believe. So things are looking up for him. I just think he's got a lot of pain. It's all the sternum and ribs, and he's going to be a little bit. Up. So um, I will put a link in the description of the feed for the YouTube and also uh, on the audio. You can click on there. It's just uh, Hoopers Troopers. A link there if you guys want to make any kind of contributions. As a good upstanding gentleman, he does have a job, he does have benefits, but you know, he's going to take a little bit of time getting back into a thing, into the swing of things. And uh, who knows what's going to happen with, um, you know, the person that hit him, you know, what he's going to get out of that. But um, I really appreciate the community coming out. It's not just some rando looking for, like me, uh, I want to replace my bike. You know, go find me. On, on my side, um, I put a new derailleur hanger on, uh, it was like 15 bucks put new bar tape on. I splurged a little bit. So I think that was like $40, some good zip tape. Um, that's good. <laughs> that was my extended, my bike did not hit the ground. I, it was all me. I mean, my handlebars a little bit, you know, scuffed up uh, the, the bar tape, which I had actually already needed. Matter of fact, I had had a crash earlier this year, got kind of wiped out. Um, that did destroy my front wheel. That was a slow pace, um, kind of start just going into starting to go up this climb on a local ride that we do and kind of got taken out, uh, ruined my handlebar tape, which I just put on the night before, tore out two spokes of my um, my carbon wheel. That's gone. Ruined my helmet. This was just, oh, I did have to replace the helmet. So I bought a new helmet. Um, I've been really having trouble trying to figure out which one to do. I bought a new Apoc. I'm going to give that a shot, but uh, I think it's not going to be my only helmet. I'm going to end up getting another one as well because uh, it was difficult finding the color and size that I want. They're, they're really having trouble, and uh, there's a lot of ugly helmets out there. Apoc is not necessarily a great-looking helmet, but it vents well, and it. Um, I really wanted the Specialized Prevail, which I've been using. I could not find it except for hideous colors in my size medium. I don't have too big of a noggin. Um, the problem I have really with trying to find that, and I wanted a white one, uh, I love it because I'm able to take my glasses, just put them on in the back. Um, I don't know if that'll happen with the POC, but that's probably why I'll have to get a new helmet from there. Okay, let's get into the show. Uh, first of all, should I talk about the mea culpas? Um, uh, I wanted to talk about the Quinn Simmons thing, and maybe we'll go to some comments that um, had here from some people uh, commented on the last video. And basically, 
the let's see uh, that I responded to. Let's look at these ones. I know Jason Grafath had said, "Great to see you recovering." Back to hating on the haters. Yes, I might have had a little Norco on me on the last podcast. I also hate cycling trolls like Adam Adam Myerson. He's talking about if not for the MAGA fiasco and the current social state of affairs, we just chuck chalk all Quinn's antics to youthful exuberance. I think we should do that and enjoy the strong and brash bike racer that he is maybe we can bash on him when he runs for public office in 30 years i hope he doesn't run um but i just thought i'd um i, I started thinking about it and i was in good points jason but i'm more than thinking about this maybe i don't have a problem with the haters as much and the reason being is um there's a lot of people out there on both sides of the spectrum um let's just take as an example lebron james really spoken out in politics um uh, Colin Kaepernick obviously has done that as well and people are all up in arms and you know having issues with that um, I don't really care one way or another necessarily uh, but should those people then be okay to not like those those athletes or those celebrities that have uh, different points of view probably so if they're able to do that and hate it on them then you know the, the other side can hate Quinn Simmons for his as well it's really not that big of a deal I my my issue would be I think you have both sides the right is all up in arms about Colin Kaepernick or LeBron James and then they probably if they even knew about cycling they would embrace uh Quinn Simmons and then uh, and and mock you for for you know, canceling him but then the other side is exactly the same you're all they're, they're, they're saying, oh, how dare you be upset about what Colin Kaepernick is bringing up and, and doing uh, or LeBron James. And then they're willing to. So it's hypocrisy on both sides. Um, that's that's all I have to say about it. So maybe I'm rethinking that and I don't really care so much, you know, take it or leave it. Um, Quinn's uh, Simmons actually ends up winning the overall. And I saw the last <clears throat> uh, stage there, stage five of the. Uh, tour Wallonie and he had an um, action Berman guy kind of moving in the in the in the break there I think he got the most aggressive rider flipping on his name here but Quinn was going with the tax especially the late ones having to do a lot of work himself where he was uh, having to bridge things up his team would done great work and then they had a pitchy climb near the end there about 17 or so okay he gets in the the front group and he stays up in the front and you have like three or four to a quick step they keep going at it going at it and he's not letting up and in the end uh philip jacobson uh ends up getting the win so he gets two dylan grotenwagen gets two and then the american quinn simmons gets one and the gc so solid move for quinn simmons um, once again, maybe I'll retract a little bit on hating on the haters. Go ahead and do it if you want. But I also want you to understand that people that I think they're insane and um, very much all about themselves, which is like Phil Guyman, Adam Meyerson. I don't really care what you say. And I'm not a big fan of, of even your cycling as it is. Uh, so and, and it could be the exact same way with uh, Quinn Simmons. So I don't know that I maybe I retracted that. Right? Maybe I'm just a little bit. Could be. Um, was there anything else that I, 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 I guess some people got pissed off. I mentioned some things at Bariani. I stand by that. Um, you don't need to be, you know, shaking things out as far as, uh, going after people or whatever. Uh, it, it's, once again, it's, it's bike racing. We're adults. We're, you know, the masters are all heading out to Albuquerque and these guys do get worked up. I love racing. I love competition. Um, it's one thing that still gets me going. Um, you know, uh, and I got a little feedback too about kind of the racing strategy that John and I had employed at um, Land Park the day before Bariani. I, we put a video out in the last lab. You could, there's only two of us. You know, Pete's has a bunch of guys that are off in the break. 
Uh, Thirsty Bear had several guys there. They're doing things. It was a combined field, so there's there's those tactics that get played in there as well. Um, John and I have a very simple method, which is we likely can podium um, him uh, with a sprint finish. That's that's what it is. So we will chase down. Uh, you may think it's negative racing, but it's to our benefit. Well, there's only two of us. So if you've got a team of more than two and you're worried about the fact that we're chasing you down, maybe that's on you. Just just throwing that out there. I mean, there's really two of us should not be uh, should not be uh, hauling everyone in. Okay, so let's talk real quick here about the Olympics. And um, start, starts off with uh, uh, Carapaz. Well, he ends up winning the gold medal. But it starts off with the men's road race, 234 kilometers. They go up and around kind of Mount Fuji. They have some other kickers. They have this Makuni Pass that comes about, I think, Crests around 17, 20 kilometers to the finish. Then it's downhill, but it's got some ups and downs. They go into this um, motor park, and you'd think, okay, well, motor park is just, you know, wide road. Everyone could probably line out all the way across. True. However, um, it's got a little bit of a kickers in there. It's got some little ups and downs, and it's hard to notice those until you see the, actually the riders going. So they hit the bottom. Well, first of all, there's a break that goes up the road, and they have 20 minutes or so. Okay. But 234 kilometers, 140 miles, teams are letting this go. I mean, you know, teams a little different with the Olympics, as you know, with their combined, you don't have an eight-man roster. You may have one team with five, and so they're supposed to be in charge of controlling it. But the Dutch actually do fairly well. I'm sorry, the Belgians do fairly well because they're looking for Wout Van Aert. And they get Greg Van Avermet on the front. Um, then you have the Slovenians, that Jan Tantrik comes out there and he's doing a lot of work for Pogacar and Roglic. And the dude is actually slays it. I think he won a stage, mountain stage, I want to say in the Dauphiné or the Tour of Suisse, one of those. Uh, big guy that you're like, he's not going to climb. And then he uh, ends up dropping everybody and does well. So he did a lot of work. He and Greg Van Avermaet are doing a ton of work uh, for the Belgium and the Slovenian. They end up, they, they do the right thing, which is, you know, remember, no radios. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But they do the right thing of being able to pull the riders back in time and they hit the climb, and immediately riders are going out the back. G. Thomas had already been down on the ground. It's much more difficult. You can't just send two or three riders back and then be, expect them to pull them up because you're, you're depleting your whole team. So when these you know, riders have some issues, uh, it's a little bit more problematic. <clears throat> However, they hit the climb. They start going up there, and the Belgians, I think Van Samra is is really kicking it. Uh, Evan Paul gets spit out early. He had been in a break earlier too, which you know you're just like I don't understand this. I think it's all in for Van uh, Wout Van Art. Why are you trying to get in a break early on uh, and for multiple kilometers and kind of depleting your your team out of this, uh, especially when there's only five of them? It makes no sense. But immediately when you see that, you go, oh. I don't think he's he's in it for the uh, the overall, and he's obviously not in it for Wout. So he gets spit out when the climb hits. You start seeing other riders getting pushed off uh, Valverde. Um, the the British ones are, are getting put out of the back. Only Adam Yates is really staying up there. Uh, you then see uh, the American Lawson Craddock. He's not doing well. Brandon McNulty is looking just fine at the start. When Then Pogacar, reigning two-time uh, Tour de France champion, hits out, doesn't attack, and only uh, two people are able to go with him. Mike Woods of Canada and Brandon McNulty. McNulty looking very, this is a teammate, member on the trade team. So you got two UAE guys. You have then Mike Woods 
uh, for uh, Israel Startup Nation, and they start to form a separation. You've got CarePaz back there, maybe Wout Van Ert. Um, maybe we'll try to look here as to who all the ones that were going back just so as we talk about it, we can give a little better uh, understanding. But you start to see some separation, and Wout's doing a lot of work trying to um, pull everyone uh, basically up the climb. But who would he up the front? You have uh, UAE, basically, which is uh, McNulty and um, Rogue uh, Pagachar. Now, I, were they working together? I don't know. But uh, McNulty really was putting a lot of work into this, getting that, trying to get that separation. But they don't end up getting a ton. And you come over the top, and the teams, they're, they're just a little bit there, and they, they end up grouping up. And uh, Mike Woods ends up taking a, a little flyer. And then you start to see where Wout is chasing everything down. <clears throat> I think that he might have been bet. Now, also, there's about 13 of them there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you start to see that Wout is willing to basically bring everyone back. It's a little bit um, much for him. But you got Bakamolama, Tade Pagachar, Wout Vunner, Carapaz, Mike Woods, Brandon McNulty, David Gadu. Rigoberto Uran, Adam Yates, Shackman, Kwiatkowski, Fulsang, uh, and I think Jaomita was just off the back, but Fulsang ends up getting spit a little bit there. Kwiatkowski, so you have a few Ineos riders, Kwiatkowski and Carapaz. You have Shackman, the only boar rider. You also have Adam Yates. He is Ineos, so you got those three. Rigoberto Uran, but no one from the same country. Okay, that's what's awesome here. No one from the same country, but you do have a few. Uh, and then McNulty and Tade from uh, UAE, uh, the UAE Emirates team, but nothing for, you know, there's a few trade teams and then there's just dispersed for everyone for everyone else. Mike Woods takes a little move. And I thought that that's actually where um, Wout should not be chasing that down. He's not going to probably solo his way in. He's just not that kind of, kind of rider because there's some flats that you've got to do there and maybe then it gives a concerted effort for other guys to okay we'll join in and then everyone isn't depleting themselves for this but it doesn't matter um wout ends up chasing everybody down and when that happens there's just a little bit of a, a lull in the race and brandon McNulty hits it and care paths comes with him very interesting these two then start to form 15 20 30 seconds 40 seconds at one point and you know McNulty can time trial obviously in great form coming back from the tour and doing the work there he had crashed twice once in the time trial once uh, I think just going down the road so he had obviously had some injuries and it looks like he would overcome those and he was a beast so obviously I think he's a stronger rider in that sense than Carapaz he'd also showed that up the climb he could be uh, a little bit more formidable they have 20 30 seconds um, they're coming into the last K, uh, 6K. They come into the, the, the motor park there, and they're doing well, and there's a slight rise. McNulty had been working on the front. There's a slight rise, and it looks a little more than a slight rise, and McNulty just has maybe a minute of problems. He comes off. He dangles off the back of Carapaz. I don't know if he thought maybe they were going to get caught. It didn't look like it because he's still fighting. So Carapaz ends up continuing on, and McNulty is now strung out in the middle. They end up, he ends up getting caught. So, I don't know, two or three K to go. McNulty, the, the group's coming by. He's suffering, but he's able to, to lock right in. You're like, man, he just had a momentary lapse of, I don't know, something that happened. Maybe he had put a little too much effort in the front, and then Carapaz just came through on the wrong point of time. But he did obviously come back the 20, 30, 20 some seconds. Carapaz ends up staying away, able to post up, no problem. And, you know, at this point, you have different factions of who's and there's no team to lead anybody out. We saw that, you know, in the world championships where 
um, Roglic was supposed to, you know, do a little work maybe for Wout, pay him back for the tour. That didn't really happen. Uh, he said he would try to, but, you know, they're obviously different countries, so you've got these different things there. And in the end, Wout does a bike throw, gets it over um, Pogacar, or, or, yeah, over Pogacar, uh, so he gets barely uh, finishing a bike throw. Um, for second is Wout. Second, third was Tade. You have Baca Molimer, Mike Wood, Brandon McNulty still got up and tried to sprint. So what I see from that is a few things. So McNulty out sprints, Gadu, Rigoberto Uran, Adam Yates. And by the way, top eight, one through eight, all people who had done well and or been big part of this year's Tour de France. Just a week ago, Tour de France, this is more like a mountain stage. You'd see at the Tour, big guns hitting every top one top eight and all the ones that were in the moves that were just sitting on were uh, pivotal all have been to tour de france you've got uh rigoberto ran at eighth obviously he was in top three top two for there a while david gadu he of france he had he had been done the tour mcnulty did a lot of work mike woods was obviously at the tour bacamolema won a stage tati bacaccio won several stage and the tour wout bennert won three stage and was obviously at the tour and richard carapaz on the podium uh, for Ineos and uh, get the win for Ecuador. Ninth place was Adam Yates, who had come off of the Giro. Schachman in 10th. Kwiatkowski also did the Tour de France, did a lot of work for Ineos there. In 11th, Fulsang, Yalmeda, and Alberto Bediol, kind of the, the, the top 15 there. And Bediol had been kind of in the mix on the climb and then uh, got spit out the, the EF guy. You can see him with the pink helmet. Okay, so what do you take from this? Well, I take from this is one, Carapaz, great ride. Um, latching himself onto um, McNulty. McNulty did a ton of work uh, on the climb for Pogacar or for, for himself trying to get clear and did a ton of work until the last three Ks when he got spit out and he had just done a turn on the front. So you kind of say Carapaz, uh, one, great ride by him, but but for teaming up with uh, McNulty, that's not going to happen. And Carapaz is not going to win in a sprint uh, over all those guys. So you, and then you see uh, McNulty being able to pull out a sixth place in general, which was pretty good. Still being able to try to get up there and sprint. I see with that, you were like, oh, if it comes down to Carapaz and McNulty, if he'd been able to hang on, likely he wins the gold medal. Uh, I think he out sprints Carapaz without a problem. Disappointing in that respect, but a lot to take away from it for McNulty uh, going forward. Um, Ineos, they get first, they get down there in ninth place, Jumbo, uh, second place, and UAE in third and sixth. Mike Woods, maybe a little disappointment, but he needed to get off uh, the front, and there was no chance for him to basically win a sprint um, a three up there with uh, Wout and, and uh, Chade. By the way, interesting to see, once again, Pagachar, one of the best climbers in the world. You know, we talk about the diversity of <clears throat> Wout being able to win time trials, being able to win uh, sprints, and being able to win climbs. But it should not be at all um, dismissed the the finish that Tade Pogacar, if he wanted to try to line up for full-on sprint finishes, I'm curious as to what it would be because he puts these guys, he's done this before, he puts Wout in difficulty uh, bike throws uh, for, you know, breakaway all the time. I mean, he, he and uh, Ruglich can uh, actually put off a good finish. So, uh, congrats to them and uh, pretty stellar for what they were able to do. Let's see if we were, I should have shown this uh, results here on the, the share screen. There we go. There's their, there's your um, Ecuador Ineos coming in for that. We had the women's race. It was half the distance, about 130 some kilometers. 
and it did not include the climb over the top for it did not include the climb over the top of uh Makuni Pass which was would have been great it didn't also it also did not include the climb over uh, or around Mount Fuji there's a break that gets up the road I think from kilometer 1 this Anna Kaisenhofer from Austria gets up there and she's up there with a few other people they start getting spit out uh, the Dutch decide at some point that they're not really, I think they were just too brazen and expecting that they're going to be winning. So they didn't really take it too seriously. They leave the, the break way out there way too long. This Anna Kaisenhofer ends up soloing all the way in for almost a minute and a half or so over Annemiek van Vluten and then uh, Longo Borghini. Um, what's interesting about that is <laughs> van Vluten comes over the line. You've probably seen this. And she posts up uh, just right off the line. I'm like, oh, she's really happy for a second. No, no. She thought she had won. She didn't know that there was someone off the front. And then all the news reports are about this uh, story that the Dutch are upset about their communication. They didn't know what was the, anyone was up the road. Um, that they, uh, you know, the signs weren't given. And, and Longo Bergini, as an example, she's like, no, I, I knew there was someone up the road. I counted when they came back. Once again, they're saying, oh, we don't use radios. Therefore, that's the problem. Okay, well, it's a problem, but they're giving signs. Maybe you don't wait until the last minute to try to bring this back, or maybe you do a little bit more work early on, so it's not the case, right? And we saw that with the Belgians. Um, you know, there's a 20-minute gap out there in the men's road race, and they put on the work uh, on Fuji and around along with Tantric to bring that back so it was not a problem. They didn't leave it up for the climb. They caught them right before the climb or at the, the bottom. It was not the big issue. Whereas in the women, they're waiting and even catching the two ladies that were in between uh, Conor Kossenhofer and the, the remaining field, um, they didn't catch them until like inside 5K if it was on the motor park. So five, four, three and somewhere in that range. Look, Van Vluten, you have no one to blame but yourself. Nice little move that you did there. You cut down two minutes. It was still two minutes she was up the road when you took off and you cut it down to about a minute. That's great. But it still would have taken you another, what, two or three kilometers to maybe get up to her with that extra minute. So you guys blew it. And then and then the part of the problem is this this Anna Kaisenhofer, who's not a pro. She's just got her math degree or, or PhD in that. A little strange herself. Um, then the problem is all the stories are about the Dutch team and how they blew it. And it's everyone else's fault. It's, it's everyone else's fault. So... Um, this young lady, I don't know if she's all that young, but she it was very impressive. She could climb well. She was hoping for a top 25. She ends up getting uh, the ride of her life and the Olympic gold medal. And what was sad was at the finish, you're watching uh, this person's like <laughs> solo. I don't even know if she had any support there. Um, she's just standing there like, I just won. And the whole Dutch team was around her. No one is congratulating her. I think it was pretty pathetic on their part, but you know, it's what it is. They, they showed themselves to be uh, the losers on the day and not having the proper communication. And there you have it. Winner, Anna Kaisenhofer, Anna Manning van Vluten. Corn Rivera was in the, f the field there, and they split off, so uh, Van Vluten and Borghini end up soloing off. And then Corn uh, Rivera still one, two, three, gets a seventh place, but still uh, three or four back on the field sprint. So not a bad day, um, but probably could have looked to do done better. Then we had the men's mountain bike racing last night. Um, I just got up this morning and saw the end of it. And you can see the, the, the headlines here. No fractures for Vanderpool after Topo Tokyo Olympic crash. Yes, Tom Piddock uh, takes unbelievable Olympic gold weeks after breaking a collarbone. Okay, so that was, that was I guess, impressive. 
but um, Nino Schurter, uh, probably the, the most well-known mountain biker here, he ends up getting surpassed by Pidcock with about, I don't know, there about 40 minutes in the race. Pidcock took over. Uh, he did a great job, but early on, I think at lap one, there's, I'm going to see if we can even find uh, a picture of it. Um, Matthew Vanderpool comes off this steep drop and endos right over the front. <clears throat> never, never, <laughs> he went down hard and he was in the top little seven or eight riders there. Uh, the problem, and then he ended up uh, trying to, to fight back on, but he ended up abandoning. But what it is, is he, uh, evidently there was a ramp there in, tr in practice ramp had been removed and so maybe he thought he was at a different point in the race and it was just a drop and he needed to get a little um, momentum and jump off the top um, so he was blaming the fact that it had changed and then the uh, um, the, the coaches are saying no um, we had told uh, everybody you know we talked about it multiple times that it was uh, not a problem and that you know I mean that this ramp had been removed and that uh, Vanderpool <clears throat> still didn't uh, wasn't able to avoid the the crashing there a little disappointed there good news out there for road fans that want him to just ride road is he rode he, he raced like a roadie i mean that that's a move that a roadie that's something i would do uh pidcock didn't quite have the the skills that some of these other ones but man he did have the up uphill going and quite the motor um so very impressive for him i was glad to see two distinguished road riders take it out over the mountain bikers and uh, kind of put them, I don't know, put them in their places, the right way to go about it. But um, it was, it was pretty thrilling nonetheless to see uh, that happen. I thought this was, we just continue on the um, communications by the Belgians. BMX racer Kinman Clyde's with official training. A Dutch rider confirmed Sorny after crashing into an individual trying to cross BMX course. I think it was an official, I don't know, maybe um, he didn't have radio, so they weren't able to let him know that there was, Someone on course. Is this a little bit too far, Tyler? Perhaps. Okay. So what else do you have going on in the world of cycling? Well, we're going to have some track coming up. It would be interesting to see if Ineos is going to be able to do a trifecta here of uh, winning the mountain bike with uh, Pidcock, uh, winning the men's road race with Carapaz, and then if he's going to get Ghana up there in Ineos for, or, or G. Thomas for the men's individual time trial. Uh, also saw Chloe Dargart <clears throat> did not finish in the front group, but she definitely finished in front of others. So I think she was like five or six minutes back. So that's at least impressive to see the, her going there. Um, comments if you want about how you don't like Chloe because of her politics as well. I understand it. Don't care. Um, I like to see her win <clears throat> just like it, it's America. America. That's like that's what we like to do. Uh, otherwise, you know, we're going to start ramping up for the Vuelta here. It'll be interesting to see. I, I understand Quinn Simmons will be going to the Vuelta, so he'll get his chance. Uh, Twenty-year-old, twenty-year-old, going to go to the Vuelta. I think Bernal might be going to the Vuelta as well. Um, I think you're getting Sep Cup, Sep Cup, Sep Cus, and into the Vuelta. Uh, other than that, people, I hope you've enjoyed the Olympics. BMX, we got some BMX. We got some track. I don't know what else you like watching the Olympics. I personally, I'm not a fan of basketball in the Olympics. It just it never has, has excited me. I like to see more of the amateur other stories. Um, kind of gone away from Olympics in general in a little bit of the last several years. But men's volleyball, which I do play and help coach, that to me is one of the most exciting. I love the, the Olympic volleyball, especially indoor. It's such a powerful sport. If you want to see, uh, basically, I, I tell people like some um, my nephews that wanted to get him into 
they were big in basketball, said, you want to dunk every time? Come play uh, volleyball, be a middle hitter, and learn how to spike. All right, that's all we have today, everybody. Between Two Wheels Podcast. This is Tyler. Episode 246. I think we'll try to do another one of these while I'm injured. Thanks, everybody. Bye.